for their niece, Bas Chaya Malka. We hope them the merit of our Talmud Torah sheet together with Kol Chodei Yisrael will have a complete and enduring refuah. We also dedicate our learning this morning in Mitzchus of Rafuah Shalema for a young man in uh, in Florida who's in critical condition, Daniel Asher Ben Esterisha. We hope that in the merit of our Talmud Torah, he together with Kol Chodei Yisrael will have a complete and enduring refuah. We'll say with that, let us begin. We have a beautiful, beautiful daf ahead of us today. Today's daf is Tzadik Dalid 94. And we are picking up Emir Hashem on Tzadik Gimel Amud Bey's 93b. And we left off five lines up from the bottom. Second to last word on the line. Says the Gimar, the Ikeda Amr. So just to remind us a little bit of the context, we were speaking about over here, Actually, we began the sugi yesterday about whether or not an Eid Echad is believed when it comes to a situation of Yavama. In other words, what we have ascertained over the course of the last couple of days, what we've been focusing on, is the believability or reliability of an Eid Echad to testify that a woman's husband died, so as to allow her to go ahead and remarry. Again, we had a whole machlokes about what the nature, why do we believe in Eid Echad? Okay, we've gone through all the different possibilities. Mishomiguna, is it Hora's based in? Is it just a license for her? The Gemara then, towards the end of yesterday's daf, asked kind of a variation. Isn't Eid Echad believed to say that ultimately the brother-in-law died in order to allow a woman to now marry anyone? So in other words, to illustrate, Rachel is married to Ruvain. Ruvain died. There's no, everybody knows he died. He died. He died. He died at home. Everyone saw him die. He died without children. Now what happens? Ruvain has a surviving brother, Shimon. So now Rachel has a mitzvah, or Shimon has a mitzvah of Yibum with Rachel. In this case, in this case, the Shaila is, is an eight echad believed to say that the Yavam died? That the Yavam died? What's the impact of saying that the Yavam died? Now she's permitted to marry whoever she wants. That, that's, that's the question. So we had one part of this discussion last night. Now the Gemara said, the Amar. Others say, others say, so, we'll say, so just beforehand, the Gemara said, of course, of course. In other words, then Allah the same way that you're going ahead and believing in Eirecha to say that a husband died, which remember is an Isr Kares. What do you mean Isr Kares? In other words, if the Eirecha is wrong, if the Eirecha is wrong and a husband is alive, so based on the testimony of the, then, then that's adultery. Adultery carries with it a penalty of Kares. So if you're going to believe the Eirecha to say that the husband died and allow the wife to just marry another man, then of course you should believe the Eid Echad to say that what? The Yavam has passed away. Because we remember again, a woman marrying someone other than her Yavam, what's the nature of that prohibition? It's a love. It's a love. Okay, there's a homach locus, even if marriage works in that case, but at most it's a love. So now alternate version. The Igeda Amr, others explain. Ha loti bailach. The truth is, you don't even have to have a question about whether or not an Eid Echad is believed by the Yavam. Of course an Eid Echad is believed to testify that the Yavam passed away. How so? Because interestingly enough, the wife herself is believed, or the woman herself is believed in this particular type of context, that to Allah say that her Yavam passed away. This not, Ha'isha Sha'amra Mes Ba'ali, Tina say, Mace ba, I'm sorry. Ha'isha sha'amra mace ba'ali. Tinase mace ba'ali. 
Tisyabim. Shabbat will say, ultimately, again, so we're going to see a little bit later on, when is recorded from the Mishnah Kofi Yudal, right? It's a lot later on, a few weeks from now, we'll discuss this particular situation where Halacha Lamaisa, a woman is permit, a woman herself is believed to say, my husband died. Or ultimately, again, a woman herself is believed to say that now her husband died, she's subject to Yibum. Shabbat will say, so of course, if the woman herself is believed to testify about the death of her husband, which would allow her to marry someone else, or for that matter, if the woman herself was believed to say that her husband died, now she's going to perform yibum based on that. If she's believed, then of course an Eid Echad is believed. So I will say, what's, so what's the Shailah? Kiti Barilacha, Lemishri Yivama Laalma. See, I will say, the shaila is like this. The shaila is, is the Eid Echad believed to allow Rachel to go ahead and marry into the general population? Look at Rashi. Yivamala Alma, Rashi says, Rashi says, Eid Echad, Eid Echad, Mitira Lashuk, Sha'omerla, Mace Yivimech, O Mace Baalech, the Achar Kach, Mace Benech. So I'll say, what's the shaila? So the shaila is not in terms of whether or not an Eid Echad is believed to say that a husband died, or for that matter, whether or not the Eid Echad is believed to say that now the woman is subject to Yibum. Those are both obvious, because if the woman herself is believed in those situations, certainly an Eid Echad is believed in those situations. Aye, so where does the shaila come up? The shaila comes up, Rabbi say, in a situation of, isn't Eid Echad, or kind of always, I got jumped out a little bit, isn't Eid Echad believed to say, that the brother-in-law died. So now let's say we know that a woman is subject to Yibum. Is, is, is the, is the Eid Echad believed to say the brother-in-law has died and now Halacha Lameisa, she, we'll call her Rachel, is permitted to marry into the general pool, the general population. That's what Rashi says. Last Rashi on the daf, Yivam Alma, Eid Echad Matira Lashuk, Sha'omer La Meis Yivimech. The Eid Echad on this case is allowing her to marry into the general marriage pool. Because the Eid Echad is testifying and he's saying, your Yavam, your brother-in-law has passed away. What's the halacha in that situation? To which the Gemara says, my time of the Eid Echad, what's the reason in general why we believe in Eid Echad? Mishum demilsa da'avidi ligluye, lo meshaker. So I'll say this goes back to yesterday's da'av. So do we say, in general, the reason we believe in Eid Echad is why? Because halacha lamaisa, we assume that people don't lie about pieces of information that will become revealed, that will come to light. People only lie about things that they can get away with. So since in this situation, if the Eid Echad shows up and tells Rachel that your brother-in-law Shimon passed away, and now you're permitted to go ahead and gen- marry into the general marriage pool, someone's not going to lie about that. It doesn't make sense. Because lying that someone is dead is something, and, and if they're not, is something that will become found out. Right? So therefore, again, an Eid Echad, so that's why I both said, just like an Eid Echad is believed to tell a woman, your husband is dead, because Lamaisa, we assume he's not going to lie about something that will ultimately come to light. So too, he's believed to say to Rachel, your brother-in-law, Shimon, has passed away, and therefore you're permitted to marry into the general population. Oh, Dilma, the other possibility is, the other possibility no, I'll say is why can we keep going back to the same tension? That why do we believe in Eid Echad? I'll say it's not really because we believe in Eid Echad, but we do something fascinating. I mean, we do, but here's what we do. Essentially, the way it works in Eidos is that the responsibility of fact-checking and the responsibility of establishing truth 
rests upon the Eidim. In a general case of two Eidim, perhaps by Eid Echad what we do is we shift that onus from the Eidim to who? To who? To the woman. To the woman. And to say, an Eid Echad is enough for us to say there's some level of credibility, but it's not enough to really establish the complete credibility or veracity of this claim. Instead, what we'll do is we'll shift that onus to you, assuming that you, woman, are going to do the fact-checking, that you are going to go and really do the investigation, because remember, you have everything to lose if you're wrong. So perhaps that's why we go out and we believe Eid Echad. To which the Gemara says, O Dilma, last line, last line of Sadiqim Lomabes, O Dilma, because normally we assume that a, right, we believe in Eidecha because she's going to investigate before she gets married. Listen to this. But in a case where the Eidecha comes up, comes along, and what? Tells her that Shimon, her brother-in-law, is dead. So now she has the ability to marry anyone she wants. She's not going to investigate. Why? Deminsahu because she never liked the guy to begin with, right? So first of all, she is so happy that someone, I mean, of course, not totally happy. She's sad that he's dead, but happy that she's just not marry him, right? So, so halacha maybe again, she's relieved and happy. She never liked him. And therefore she's happy that he's dead. And she's going to be more than happy to what? Take the eight echa's word at face value, without any further level of due diligence. So I will say, that's the tension. That's the tension over here. So I will say, so, what would you, so again, you just have two versions, two versions. In version number one, kind of the conclusion of the Gemara was, no, we should believe in Eid Echad, even when he testifies to a woman that her Yuvama passed away. In version two, perhaps we shouldn't, right? So I will say, and it's just the opposite. In version one, remember from yesterday's death, we said that, we sh- that, that perhaps we shouldn't believe the Eid Echad because maybe she's going to, I'm sorry, we should believe the Eid Echad because, because she might have an affinity towards the Yavam. In version two, we shouldn't believe the Eid Echad because maybe she has a revulsion from, from, from the Yavam. Okay, so top of Tzadik Dalar. I'm going to Rav Sheshesh. We're not finished. So remember, let's go with what we've established. What have we established? An Eid Echad is believed when? When? Right? See, husband is dead. To say the husband is dead. The Gemara is dealing with a very specific question now, which is, is an Eid Echad believed to say, now, now we know the husband is dead, right? So this is a situation where we know that a woman is in a Yibum situation. She has fallen to Yibum to her brother-in-law. Is an Eid Echad believed to say that the brother-in-law is dead so as to allow her to marry into the general marriage pool? That's the question in front of us now. So let's analyze. Amalur Rav Sheshas. Rav Sheshas said, Tinisua, the truth is we answered this question from our Mishnah. So I'll say, remember again, we saw this in the Mishnah, how? Amrullah, if a witness came along and said to her, Meis ba'alech li'achrakach meis b'neich. Remember again, I'll say this was the case in the Mishnah, where a woman's husband and son went overseas together. She stayed home. And now what happens? Witnesses or witness, will see, came and testified. And they told her, unfortunately, your, your husband and your son both passed away. And I will say, after finding out that piece of information, what's the, most next, what's the next most critical piece of information? What order? What order did they pass away in? So if they tell her, So if they told her, listen, your husband died first and then your son, then what's the halacha? What's the halacha? 
Then Abba says, she's not subject to Yibum, and she can marry whoever she wants. So in this case, they told her, your husband died, and then your son died. And then what happens? Vinices, she got married. She got married. Who did she get married to? Zvulun, right? Some unrelated guy. And then they told her, we made a mistake. And ours, not a mistake, unfortunately, they both passed away. We made a mistake about the order, right? And then it turns out that really your son died first and then your husband, which means that what? Which means that what? You are subject to Yibum. So what's the in such a situation? Teitze, she has to leave Zvulun, the husband who she is currently married to. Vavlad Rishon Vaacharon Mamzer. And both her early, right, Bo- both children, right? I remember this is what we saw before in the Mishnaic symmetry. There's no, there's really no Rishon Va'acharon, right over here. It's just to maintain symmetry. Her children from the union with Zvulun are Mamzerim. Now, I there's a lot going on. Remember, again, we don't pass that we will come to this. That's the opinion of Rabbi Akiva, that you could have Mamzerim from Chayvei Lavin. Okay, but leave that aside. So Rabbi said, let's analyze this. Hechi dummy. Says, what's the case? Because remember, what throws us off in the Mishnah? They will say, when you read these words, it sounds like how many witnesses are showing up to give testimony? How many witnesses? Right, Not, right. There are, there are two times witnesses are coming. How many witnesses are coming each time to give testimony? Amru is plural, right? It sounds like two. It sounds like two. So let's analyze this. Hechi Dami, the Gemara says, what's the case? In other words, Tell me about the witnesses. If you're telling me, so let's analyze this. If you're telling me that two witnesses come the first time, so two witnesses come say, Rachel, we have terrible news. Your husband and son passed away. Your husband died first. Your son died second. Okay. Now she marries Zvulun because she assumes she's not subject to Yibom. And now what happens? And now what happens? Another two witnesses come along and say, Rachel, we're so sorry. The order got mixed up. It's really your son died first and then your husband, you're subject to Yibum. So if it's a case of treu, trey, two against two, so the Gemara says, why would we make her leave Zvulun? My chazis the samchis ahani, samoch ahani. See, I both say, whenever you have t- essentially two sets of, oh, a set of two witnesses against a set of two witnesses, you kind of come to a to a testimonial stalemate. In other words, there's nothing to do. So what we do in that situation is we we just kind of remain in status quo. So I'll say if you were to have two against two, what would be the, what would be the de facto result of that? What would be the result? She remains married to Zvulun, and we don't do anything. We don't do anything. So it can't be two versus two. Furthermore, va'od mamzer suffik mamzerhu. Furthermore, in a case of two versus two. How could you call her kid a mamzer? At most, at most, it's what? A suffix mamzer. Because you have two witnesses against two witnesses. V'chi tema lodak. I so maybe you're saying the Tana of the Mishnah meant suffix mamzer. He just wasn't so precise with his wording. Hamidiktani seifa. Harishon mamzer. Ba'acharon eno mamzer. Shmamina dadafka katan. You know, Abba as we get later on in the Mishnah, where the author of the Mishnah speaks about again, that the first child is a mamzer, the second child is not a mamzer, indicates to us that Allah Chalamai said the Tana was very precise with his wording. Shmamina davka katani. What we're stuck over here is the Tana. I don't understand what the case is. If it's two versus two, it doesn't make any sense. Because if it's two versus two, we would allow her to remain married to her current husband, Zvulun. And furthermore, again, you wouldn't call the kids from Zvulun a mamzer, most you'd call them Suffolk mamzer. 
Rather, what's the case? Here we go. Elalav chad. Oh, here we go. So what do you have to say? The case of the witness who's showing up is a single witness. There's a single witness who's showing up, right? Elalav chad. The time of the asu betray achashuha halav hachimehemen. Oh, so we'll say, what's the case? It was the following situation. An Eid Echad shows up. An Eid Echad shows up. And what does the Eid Echad say, Rachel? So sorry, your husband and your son passed away. And the order in which they passed away was your husband and then your son. Which means that you are free to remarry and you have no Yibum obligation. They both say, then what happened? Then what happened? Then two witnesses show up. And two witnesses show up and say, the Eid Echad was right, correct, about the death of your son and your husband. What was he wrong about? The order. And in fact, again, it was your son and then your husband who died. Say, you're subject to Yibum. That's when the Mishnah says, that's when the Mishnah says what? That you have to go ahead and leave Zvulun and the kid is a mamzer. The kid is a mamzer, according to this approach. Then I will say, now what I'll just point out is according to this approach, what do you see? That an Eid Echad is believed, is believed to allow a woman to marry into the general population. Isn't that fascinating? So that's halach so what you do see from this. To which the Gemara says, no, no, no. The olam trey trey. That's not the case. It's not a case of an Eid Echad against two Eidim. Rather, it's a case of what? Two Eidim against two Eidim. As we said before, it's two Eidim who go ahead and show up and tell her about the original loss, right? And they tell her, but again, in the original loss, they tell her what? That Allah Chalamaisa, your husband died and then your son died. And then another set of two witnesses come along and say that Allah Chalamaisa, no, we made a mistake. It's your son died and then your husband died. Oh, I will say this is great. A little bit of makis over here. And what are we talking about over here? It's a case of Eide Hazama. So we'll say, remember again, Edim Zomamin. Now we'll say, remember again, what's the case? Before we get into Rashi, what's the case of Edim Zomamin? So Edim Zomamin is two witnesses, witnesses one and two come along and say, we saw X event. We saw X event. We saw Ruven kill Shimon. We saw Ruven kill Shimon. So we'll say, then what happens? Another two witnesses come along. And what do the second two witnesses say? Right? You could not have said, the, the, the second two witnesses, what we call the Mazimin, they aren't coming along and at all arguing about the event. What they argue on or what they come to say is, witnesses A and B, there's no way you guys saw that. Because at that particular time, Imanu Hayisim, you were with us. You were with us, so you could not, you, there's no way that you witnessed that particular event. Fascinating. See if I will say, watch this. So the Gemara is suggesting like this, this is so fascinating. So what's happening over here? Remember again, let's go back. The reason we were, we were reluctant to set this up as a case of two witnesses against two witnesses was why? Because the net effect of two against two is what? Is what? Status quo. Status quo. In which case, she would not have to leave her current husband, Zvulun. But watch this. Helisai the Gemara sets it up. So two witnesses come along and say, Rachel, we're so sorry. Your husband and your son passed away. And that's the order they passed away, right? Husband and then son. Husband and then son. And therefore, again, you can marry whoever you want. Then two more witnesses come along. And the second two witnesses say, one and two, you guys are lying. Not, I don't know. Maybe husband and son are dead. Maybe they're not dead. But here's what I know. You could not have seen that event for you were with us. Now, both say, what happens effectively 
when when that when that when, when the first two witnesses become Adim Zomin, what happens? What happens? Sebo say, now Rachel has no testimony at all about her husband or her son. Sebo say, if she has no testimony about her husband or her son, then what's her status? What's her status? Married woman with a child. Or the child, in which case the Mishnah Paskins, she has to leave Zvulun. She has to leave Zvulun. And any child she had with Zvulun is effectively a mamzer. Look at Rashi. Be'edi Azama, top line, top line of the Gemara. Be'edi Azama, Shachronim hezimu es harishonim. Ultimately, again, the second set of witnesses made the first set of witnesses into Edim Zomimin v'amru imanu hayisem. And they say to the first set of witnesses, you were with us, you cannot be testifying about that event. You didn't see it. D'rachmana hemenu k'edich sivedar sh'ashoftim heitiv Fascinating, fascinating. Therefore, again, the Gemara says you have no proof about whether or not an Eid Echad has the ability to allow a woman to avoid Yibum and marry into the general marriage pool. This is just fascinating, by the way, because up until now, we thought our whole Mishnah was Eid Echad. Here, the Gemara is pointing this out, that it's possible that the case of the Mishnah is... Two witnesses, and then Mazimin. Those two witnesses are made into Edim Zomimin, in which case she is restored back to her established marital state. Incredible, incredible. To which the Gemara says, So we'll say, listen to this. We have a Brisa. The Brisa says, a woman is not believed to say, my Yavam has passed away, so as to allow her to marry someone else. Suppose I, so again, this is a case of where we know husband died, Ruvain died. Okay, Ruvain died. Rachel, now falls to Yibum to Shimon. What the Bryce is talking about is Rachel shows up in Beisdin, Shimon died. Shimon died, we're, talk, we're, we're, we're taking a walk, and he fell off a cliff. He fell off a cliff, he was pushed off a cliff, whatever it is, right? Lemaisa, he's dead. He's dead, right? She shows up in Beisdin. This is what she says. The Brisa says she's not believed. She's not believed. Furthermore, right? Furthermore, a woman is also not believed to say, you know, Ruvain was married to my sister. I was taking a walk with my sister. She fell off the cliff. She's dead. She's dead. So I will say, right? She, now, again, remember, why would the sister... Te- let, let me clarify the case better. Ruvain's married to Rachel. Ruvain's married to Rachel. Now what happens? Leah shows up in Beisdin, and Leah says, "My sister Rachel died. My sister Rachel died." And now, and again, now the, the way the Bryce reads, "Lomesa achosi shechanas lebesa." What Rachel's intent, right, or Leah's intent, is that now she has the ability to marry Ruvain. So the Bryce says, "Woman is not believed in these kind of cases." Right? So she's not believed to say that her Yavam died. She's not believed to say that her sister died. To which the Gemara says, "He nihi delomehemna." Now, what do you see from this Brisa? It's the woman herself who's not believed in these cases. Ha'ed echad mehemin. But we can infer from this that an eid echad would be believed. Remember again, let's keep our eye on the ball. At the end of the day, we're focused on one simple question. One simple question, which is, we've established that an eid echad is believed to say that a woman's husband has died. And that testimony is enough to allow her to remarry. For some reason, the Gemara needs to prove independently 
isn't Eid Echad believed to say the Yavam died, which would effectively allow the widow to marry into the general population? That's the one question we're hyper-focused on. The Gemara seems to feel that from this Brisa, the answer to that must be yes. Because in this Brisa, what do we establish? A woman is not believed to go ahead and show up in Bezin and say, my Yavam died. She's not believed. She's not believed, but Bepashtos, Bepashtos, what? An Eid Echad would be believed to which the Gemara says, Ulo tamech, Look at the end of that brayso. Suppose to listen to this similarly, safe of that same brayso. A man is not believed to say, "My brother died," right? My brother died when there is a when, when there is in a situation where, let's say, Ruvain doesn't have children, right? Then he's married, so Shimon is not believed to say, "Ruvain died." which therefore sets Shimon up for a situation of Yibam with Rachel. Right? Neither is Reuven believed to say that my wife Rachel died so that he can marry Leah, to which the Gemara says, Who knew the law Mohammed? So what we just see from here is he himself, right? The husband himself, the man himself is not believed. But an Eid Echad would be believed. So let's analyze this. So I said, here's why it doesn't make sense. I understand why you want to be makled by a woman, but there's no need to be makled by a man. Lord both said, the whole yisod of Eid Echad, of the reason why we believe in Eid Echad, is only in an Aguna situation, only because if we don't believe the Eid Echad, there's no other, there are no other witnesses stepping forward. So therefore, you could have a situation where a woman is stuck, stuck in a marriage, not knowing what the status of her husband is. But I both say the parallel cases by a man don't make sense. Why don't they make sense? Because right? a man is not an aguna, right? Because ultimately, again, a man can marry more than one person. So this is actually just fascinating. The Gemara says the believability or credibility or license to rely on Eid Echad really only applies to a man and doesn't apply to a woman. To which the Gemara says, Ela ki itzterich. Rabbi Akiva itzterich. Rather says the Gemara, you're right. Right? But when we need to say that in this situation, the Brisa says that the woman is not believed, this comes to teach, this is necessary according to Rabbi Akiva. Why did say, what does Rabbi Akiva say? So the Gemara says, See, since Rabbi Akiva himself holds that there's Mamzer from Chavi Lavin, Rabbi say, remember again, this is the unique sheet of Rabbi Akiva, which is a double sided sheet. On one hand, Rabbi Akiva holds, you can't affect marriage even with someone who is just prohibited to, prohibited to you by a love. That's the first part. And then the corollary to that is what? That Allah, if you marry someone or if you, if you have a child with someone who is prohibited by a love, the offspring is a mamzer. So you might have thought that what? I might have thought, a woman is not going to go ahead and enter into a relationship that is going to mess up her offspring. Right? That, that's what I would have thought. And therefore, I both say, when a woman shows up in Beisdin and says, my Yavam is dead, I would have thought we could rely on her. Right? Why? Why did I both say? Because she has a lot to lose. What does she have to lose? Now, from a status perspective, does she have anything to lose? No. No. Because remember, again, marrying someone other than your, your Yavam is a love. So from a status perspective, she doesn't have anything to lose, but she messes up her offspring 
and her offspring become become mamzerim if she's wrong. So I might have thought that in a situation like that, that should vest her with a level of credibility because she's not going to want to do something that would mess up her offspring. They both say this is so profound. Kamash Malan, the Akil Kula Dida Chaysha, Akil Kula Dizara Lo Chaysha. To which the Gemara says, no, she's concerned only with things about herself but not necessarily with things that concern her offspring. I will say, by the way, such a, such a profound Gemara. See, none of us would ever consciously admit that we would ever do anything to adversely impact our children. Yet, I will say, if you think about it, many times we do things that only serve our own purposes and that adversely impact our children. We make lifestyle decisions we allow things into our homes. We go ahead and we engage in certain behaviors. We do certain things in front of our children. And lemaisa, lemaisa, it negatively impacts them. Now, not often not malicious. We, 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 don't, we don't think about it. We don't think about it. But, but lemaisa, as beautiful as, it's, as it is to think that a parent would never do anything to actively compromise their child. Sometimes it's just Pashat not true. And the Gemara says over here, she's concerned, and this is not like a man-woman thing, this is a human being thing. She's concerned at the end of the day with that which will compromise her status, but not necessarily worried about that which will compromise her children. Very profound. And therefore, again, according to Rabbi Akiva, we wouldn't believe her in that case. Now, well, we're going to discuss separately, Rabosai, halacha lemaisa, what a woman herself is believed, not believed. We'll get to that. That's not our story right now. Rava Amar, Rava says, so we'll say, so we still have an answer to our question, right? We, we, we've got one simple question, which is, is an aid echad believed to say that the Yavam passed away? That's it. So as to allow the woman to marry into the general pool. Rava Amar Rava says, Eid Yavama. Okay, Rava says straight out, an aid echad is believed by a Yavama. I'll say, what, what, what does that mean? That halacha la'maisa, an aid echad is believed to say, right? We know Rachel is married to Ruvain. Ruvain died. Ruvain died. Okay, that we know. Now Rachel falls to Yibum to Shimon. Good. So now, both sides, so now what happens? Eid shows up and says, Shimon's dead. Shimon's dead. Is an Eid believed to say that Shimon's dead, which would allow Rachel to marry into the general pool? So Rava says, yes. Eid Echad Naman B'Yavama Mikavachomer. It's a simple Kavachomer. What's the Kavachomer? Here we go. Le'isr Kare Sitarta. By the way, we had this already in yesterday's daf. It just sometimes takes the Gemara a long time to get back, where we have to work through all the possible scenarios. It's a simple kavachomer. If an Eid Echad is allowed, is, right, is believed to say that a woman's husband died, and therefore, based on that, she is allowed to get remarried, remember again, if the Eid Echad is wrong, right, then what? What do we call it? Adultery, right? Adultery carries with it kares. So if you're going to believe in Eid Echa when it comes to an Isra kares, certainly you should believe in Eid Echa when it comes to what? A love. Because remember again, Abosai, marrying someone other than your Yavam at most is a love. So therefore, Rav says, of course, the Eid Echa is believed. So again, one of the rabbis said to Rav, it's not necessarily a good Kavah Homer, and I'll tell you why. Look at the case of the woman herself. Based on what we said before, there's something very interesting that comes out, right? That ultimately, again, we're going to see, at least according to one opinion, based on the price we saw before, a woman is believed to say, my husband died, but she's not necessarily believed to say, my Yavam died. 
is now again. We don't know why that is yet. If you look at Rashi, Rashi says over the Isra Kares Lomar Bale Mes Baleich Anasay. Right? Shabbos. I'm sorry, it's wrong. Rashi. I saw my Eidachar. Shabbos says so. Woman is going to be believed to say that her husband died, but may not be believed to say that her Yavam died. The Eliihi My Time Elomahemna. Shabbos say why is that? Why is that? Why is that that a woman is not believed to say that her Yavam died? Supposed to listen to this. Because they're all saying, Yibum is complicated. Yibum is complicated. Right? Because halacha because at the end of the day, there could be times where everyone say, you know, Yibum is one of those interesting situations where you are thrust into a marital union not of your own choosing. And therefore, Abosai, which which again is 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 a pretty on, on one hand, on one hand, if it works. It provides the widow with a sense of immediate security, right? Which could be wonderful. But on the other hand, if she does not like her brother-in-law or the brother-in-law doesn't like her, it, it, it's a terribly awkward situation. So Lamaisa, the Chavan is in the Sanyale, since there are times that she hates him, Lo Daiko Ultimately, again, she, she's not going to necessarily do too much due diligence that he's dead and just move on. So I can make the Eid also, one can make the same argument that perhaps when the Eid comes along and says that he's dead, she's not going to do the due diligence as well. What all roads come back to is the following. Eid Echad by itself is not a valid testimonial unit, right? What does Eid Echad do? What does Eid Echad do? Eid Echad makes us just comfortable enough to say that there is some level of validity. And then what do we do next? What's the next step? We shift the onus onto the woman, right? And we say, look, you have everything to lose if this Eid Echad is wrong. You have everything to lose if this Eid Echad is wrong. So now what we're going to do is we're going to give you a license to go ahead and move forward based on this testimony with the understanding that you are going to do the investigation and due diligence. So they both say, what's fascinating is like this. In a case where her husband is dead, or the Eidacha said her husband is dead, we're convinced that she's going to do the due diligence. Why are we convinced? Why are we convinced? Because the truth is, if the Eidacha is wrong, she has everything to lose. Because if she remarries, then what? Let's play this out. If she remarries and the Eidacha is wrong, then what? Then what? Husband shows up. Husband shows up, then what? Then what? Then number one, she's committed adultery. She's committed adultery. Gr- granted, albeit inadvertent adultery, but adultery nevertheless, which is, which is an israkaris. Now again, not peshogeg, but still pretty severe. There's carbonic liability. There could, be, there, there could be carbonic liability as well, depending on the circumstance. And what else? If she has kids, if she has kids, mamzerim. Mamzerim. So therefore, I will say, in a case like that where the stakes are so high, we know she's going to do her due diligence. On the flip side of us, what the Gemara is suggesting is like this. When now Eidecha comes along and says, right, we know, we know Rachel was married to Ruvain. Ruvain died. She fell Yibum to Shimon. Now Eidecha comes along and says, Shimon's dead. Shimon's dead. The Gemara says, it's just not the same. It's not the same. We're concerned. Why? We're concerned she's not going to do her due diligence. Why is she not going to do her due diligence? Let's go through the factors. Number one, why not? Number one, why not? According to the Gemara, she hates the guy. Now, again, that's not always the case, but it's a possibility. And she's relieved that he's dead. I know it sounds terrible, but Lamai said, not that she's relieved that she's dead. He, he, she would have wished him a long life, 
but she has no want, she, has, she doesn't want to be married to him, right? So ultimately, again, there may be a compelling reason over here that she's quote unquote happy he's dead because now she doesn't have to marry him. Number two, number two, what's the worst case scenario? Even if the Ein Echad is wrong, right? Even if the Ein Echad is wrong, so we'll say, and she marries someone else, right? What's, what, what, what's, what's the liability on that? A love, a love. So what, okay, chatos, right? good, she'll find a good deal, right? On a sheep, right? It's a chatos, maybe, at most. Are the kids mamzerim? The kids mamzerim? So according to Rabbi Akiva, they are, but she listened to Shir, and she knows that we don't pass like Rabbi Akiva, right? He's a das yachid, he's a das yachid. So therefore, again, kind of her, what's, what's the word? Not liability, but her, her exposure, right? Her exposure on this is very limited. And therefore, the Gemara wants to just be cut, and, and that's dangerous. You see, the only way to really rely on Eid Echad is when you have significant exposure. Because in that case, if you have significant exposure, then we're confident that what? That what? You're going to do your due diligence. If there's limited exposure, we're nervous you're going to do no due diligence, and you're relying solely on Eid Echad. So I'll say, so that's so interesting that the Gemara seems to kind of end off by saying, we wouldn't believe in Eid Echad in a case of where he's testifying that the Yavam, Shimon, passed away. And we'll say, we'll just tell you, the Ramban Paskins in Hilchos Yibum Bachalitza, in Perak Gimel Halacha Hey. Listen to this. He says, Namon Eid Echad Lahaili Bemashimes Bailam Mesebemes Apiv. The Ramban Paskins in Eid Echad is believed. Just like an Eid Echad is believed to say that the husband died, an Eid Echad is believed to say that the Yavam died. Essentially, I will say, in all of these cases, we paskin and Eid Echad is believed. Because I will say, we assume that even with the love, a woman recognizes the onus is upon her, and therefore, Allah says she's going to do her due diligence. Also, I will say, the Kavachomer itself is a solid Kavachomer. If you're going to believe in Eid Echad, at the end of the day, to allow an Isr Kares, you have to believe in Eid Echad to allow an Isr love. And therefore, the Raman Paskins, Halacha Lamaisa, and Eid Echad is believed ultimately to say the husband died, and Eid Echad is also believed to say that the Yavam died. Beautiful. Let's go back there. Says the Gemara, Zemedrish Darash Rabbi Lazar Ben Masya. Shabbos, remember again, this was the last part of the Mishnah. So the last part of the Mishnah read, the last part of the Mishnah read as follows. This case, this case of where Halacha Lamaisa, um, Amrullah, this was the case of This was a case where showed up, told Rachel, your husband died. Said, okay, she goes to Shimon, not a Yavam, right? Another guy, and she receives Kiddushin from Shimon. Kiddushin from Shimon. So now what happens? Then husband number one comes back. Good. So what do we say? She goes back to husband number one, nothing doing. Rabbi Elizabeth said, even if husband number two, Shimon, gives her a get, that get is not is, is a nothing and would not even preclude her in the future from marrying a Kohen. Based on the drasha, I will say, what was the drasha? The drasha was, V'isha grusha mi'isha. Pazik said, it is only a woman who is divorced from a man who is, who is, who is ineligible to marry a Kohen. And dafka mi'ish means from a man who she was married to. But if she just had kiddushin with Shimon and there was no valid marriage, then halacha lamaisa, she's not us, usher to the kuna. So it says the Gimara, Shabosai, I'll just point out. So the Gimara says over here, oh, fine. So it says, let's go, says the Gimara. Amrav Yehud Amrav, Rabbi Lazar could have darshaned such a beauty, such a gem from this Pasik. And instead, all he darshaned was a pottery shard. 
Okay, so my Marginisa, the boss said, what could have been the gem that he dashed in from this Pasik? The Sanya, Isha Grusha Isha. The boss said, Torah is speaking about Abir Kohen. A Kohen is not permitted to marry a woman who is divorced from her husband. Now, we'll say, now obviously the Pasik is redundant, right? Why is the Pasik redundant? Because who else is a woman divorced from? Right? In other words, just say, Isha Grusha Loikahu. Why Isha Grusha Meisha? So in our Mishnah, in our Mishnah, Rabbi Elazar ben Masya darshans it to say that only if she's divorced from a man whom she was fully married to, is she considered to be a divorcee. So in the case of our Mishnah, she was never married to Shimon, and therefore she's not considered to be divorced from Shimon. Rabbi Yehuda says, Oh, Rabbi Elazar ben Masya could have made such a better drasha. What's the better drasha? Watch this. Watch this. What about a woman who was only divorced from her husband, but, but permitted to no one else? So I'll say, what's the case? Watch this. Let's say a man gives a get to his wife, and he says, this is your get, al-minas, on the condition that you are not permitted to any other man. Rashi says, Right, you are, you are, you are. We're, we're divorced, but you are not permitted to any other man. So I will say, what's halacha? Was such a get? Doesn't work. Doesn't work. I will say the whole essence of a get is hariat mutaras lechaladam. Right, marriage and divorce are opposites. Right, in marriage, a man has to say hariat mikudeshes li kidas Moshe v'Yisrael. And in divorce, the most important phrase in the get is vahare at mutares lechol adam. You are permitted to any other man. So if a man makes a get, if a man makes, gives a get, then he gives with a tenai, that you're not permitted to any other man, such a get is invalid. They both say, but as much as it's invalid, it has what's called a reach get, the scent of a get. And I will say, that is enough to make her into a gerusha, into a divorcee for kohanic purposes. So even though such a get would be invalid, a coin would not be permitted to go out and marry such a woman. I both say, what is that drasha based on? V'isha, gerusha, meisha. Even if a woman is only divorced from her own husband, i.e., she has this invalid get, and all the get did was divorce her from her husband, but didn't permit her to anyone else, as much as, that is, as, much as it is an invalid get, it has the scent of a get, the shemets of a get, and therefore, Allah should preclude her from marrying into the kahuna. So Rabbi Yehuda says to Elizabeth Masi, ah, you could have made such a better drasha. But she went ahead, right? You could have, you could, you could have used the drasha to make, for, for, you could have made like a, a gem-like drasha. Instead, okay, you did okay. You did okay, right? You made a pottery, pottery, uh, pottery drasha. All right, good. So it says the Mishnah. Another case, Misha halchu ishtolim medina sayam. So it's another reverse case, right? A man, right? A man is married. So Reuben is married to Rachel. And what happens? Rachel goes on vacation. So Mishalcha Ishtolam Medina Sayam, Bova Amrulo, Mesa Ishtacha. So I'll say this. So what happens? So they go ahead and they tell her, Ruven, I'm so sorry. Ruven, your wife, your wife Rachel passed away. Right? Ruven takes it hard, Venasa Asachosa. And he married her sister, right? Right? He marries Leah. He married, it's important to rebound, right? So, right? He, right, he went ahead and he married Leah. We're going to see why the case actually gets a bit more complicated. You know how you translate this? Uh-oh, right? Uh-oh, right? that's how you translate this, right? Then what happens? Then what happens? Rachel, Rachel comes back, right? Rachel is back. So we'll say, so now, of course, remember the halachos are different over here. 
Shabbos say, ultimately again, so Rachel is permitted to resume her marriage with Ruvain. Look at Rashi, before I turn the page, look at Rashi, that's Rashi in the daf. Because we'll say, effectively, the marriage of Ruvain to Leah is a non-marriage. In other words, remember again, you're not allowed to marry your wife's sister. So okay, Ruvain thought Rachel was dead, so he married Leah. He married Leah. So we'll say, so remember again, that's permitted, that's permitted. But now that Rachel's not dead, the marriage itself is just, it's not a marriage. Remember again, effectively, what do we look at? We look at as if, as if Ruvain had an extramarital affair with his sister-in-law. They both say, not good, not good, to put it mildly, but Lamaisa doesn't preclude him from continuing in his marriage with his wife. So when Rachel shows back up over here, they are permitted to resume their marriage. Mutaris lachsrallah, on the base. Umutar bekrovos shnia. They both say not only that, but here's what's interesting as well. Let's say sometime later on, Rachel dies. Rachel dies. So ultimately, again, or the truth doesn't have to be Rachel dies. Ultimately, so, so Ruvain would be permitted in the relatives of Leah, right? And Leah, and Leah is permitted in Ruvain's relatives. In other words, both say, the halacha over here is, we do not view them as having had any type of marriage. That's the idea. So therefore, again, the other types of relatives who might be normally prohibited as a result of a marital association are not prohibited in this case. Take a look at Rashi. For example, I will say, Ruvain could marry Leah's daughter. Leah's daughter, right? So remember again. So right, Leah is his sister-in-law. Sister-in-law is Asrut to him, but ultimately Leah's daughter is not. So we'll say, all this is saying over here is that halacha even though it turns out that effectively what they had was an extramarital affair, it does not go at, there, there is no marital bond between Ruvain and Leah. And therefore, again, any of her relatives are permitted to him, any of his relatives are permitted to her. So the Similarly, now let's fast forward. Let's say now Rachel dies. So we'll say so. So right in case one, part one of this, part one of the story was Rachel goes away on vacation. Aid comes back and tells Ruvain, "Your wife died. Your wife died." Ruvain marries his wife's sister Leah. Rachel comes back. Okay, mistake, mistake. Rachel and Ruvain resume their marriage, and Leah's Leah's out. So we'll say now what happens? Now what happens? Later on, Rachel actually dies. She actually dies. In that case, Rabbi said, then what? Mutter Bishnia, Ruvain is permitted to go ahead and marry Leah. Right? He's permitted to marry Leah. So Rabbi said, so again, just to point out to everyone, what, what this effectively means is that Allah Chalamaisa, there was, we, we understand this, there was no marriage between Ruvain and Leah. Good. So the Gemara says, Amrlo Mesa Ishto Venasa Sachosa. So we'll say case number two. Case number two. Same case, Rachel goes on vacation. They say to Ruvain, Ruvain, your wife died. As a result, Ruvain goes ahead and marries his wife's sister Leah. And then what happens? But then they tell him, no, we made a mistake. At the time we told you that she was dead, she was alive, but she subsequently died. So in other words, so, so now, the, the, as we stand here now, Lamai says she's, no, she, she's dead, but we made a mistake in the timeline, which means what? Which means what? That Ruben, at the time that you married Leah, 
who you thought was your widow's sister. It was in fact your living wife's sister. But now, but now your wife has passed away. So what's Talacha? So the Gemara says, so Havlat Vishon Mamzer, Va'achron in Mamzer. So we'll say the earlier child is a Mamzer. Secondary child is not a Mamzer. So we'll say we understand this. What does this mean earlier or later? So effectively, if they had a child during the time that what? That Rachel was alive, that child is a Mamzer. But any children that they had after Rachel passed away would not be Mamzerim. Okay, so Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yossi says, Kosha posel al yedei posel al atzmo. So the Gemara, Rabbi Yossi says, we'll see what this phrase means. Anyone who makes someone else posel, himself is posel. The kosha in posel al yedei whoever does not make anyone else posel, ultimately, again, eno posel al atzmo, himself doesn't become posel as well. Rashi says, we'll see in the Gemara exactly what Rabbi Yossi is trying to convey. Beautiful. Says the Gemara, Now watch this. Let's make this case a little bit more complicated, Rabosai. Because it's not just the pshat that, that Rachel, so remember again, we've got Ruvay married to Rachel, right? And ultimately again, there's this, right? So now the case that we, as we saw it was, Rachel went on vacation. Rachel went overseas, right? So now then what happened? Ruvain heard that Rachel died, right? We saw that Rachel died and he married Leah, Rachel's sister. Let's throw another wrinkle on this. Who did Rachel go overseas with? With Leah's husband. With Leah's husband. So we'll say, so it turns out two sisters are married to two men, right? So there's Rachel and Leah. Rachel's married to Ruvain, and Leah's married to Shimon. Rachel went overseas with Shimon. I will say nothing illicit, nothing illicit, right? But they, they, they went overseas together. So Rachel went with Shimon. Now watch this. So we'll say, so it turns out that what really happened over here when the aid or aidim, whatever, we'll see what's happening, come back. What do they testify about? What do they testify about? Or we'll say, now, by the way, they don't have to be testifying about the same thing. In other words, you could have a situation where two, two, two aidim are coming, right? So one aid is coming to Ruvain and telling Ruvain what? Telling Ruvain what? Rachel died. And another aid is coming to Leah and telling her what? Shimon died. Shimon died. So now we'll say, now what happens? Now what happens? So now Ruvain ends up marrying Leah. The, so we'll say, so now what ends up happening? So now what's part two of the story? What's part two of the story? Rachel, Rachel, right? Can you imagine this? I was saying, Rachel and Shimon walk into Shava Brachas, right? Right, Rachel and Shimon walk in. So Rachel and Shimon are back. So now watch this. Now watch this, Rabosai. Watch this. Now what happens? So now Rachel and Shimon come back to town. They're alive, Baruch Hashem. They're alive. So Rabosai, now let's play this out. So what did our Mishnah say? Reuven and Rachel could continue their marriage together. That's true on one side of the equation. Rabosai, who can't continue their marriage together? Right? Leah and Shimon. Why not? Because Leah has effectively, inadvertently committed adultery. And therefore, she's a sur Baal and to the Boel. So I will say, here's what's fascinating. So you might have thought that in the same way that Leah can't continue to live with her husband, that Ruvain and Rachel shouldn't be able to continue to live together as well. You might have thought, we don't say that since, that since Leah can't go back to Shimon, therefore Rachel can't go back to Ruvain. We don't say that. 
Halacha Maisa, it's two different situations, two different scenarios. And Halacha Maisa, as much as Leah and Shimon can't continue to live together, Ruven and Rachel can. Say that our Mishnah does not reflect the view of Rabbi Akiva. Did Rabbi Akiva, supposedly this is fascinating, because if it's Rabbi Akiva, the truth is, Rachel and Ruvain shouldn't be able to continue to live together. Why not? Get ready for this. Because Havile Achaz Krushasal. Because Rabbi said, listen to this, because Rachel should be considered the sister of the woman who Ruvain divorced. Because according to Rabbi Akiva, essentially Leah is going to receive a get from Ruvain, right? And therefore, again, Rachel, the original wife, should be considered to be like the wife of a woman whom Ruvain divorced, and therefore should be a su- How does that happen? Watch this. In general, if a man tries to marry an erva, so ultimately, again, the marriage doesn't work, and therefore you don't require a get. With the exception, of course, I will say of a case of a married woman who gets married based on Beisdin. So what's the case of based on Beisdin? Right? Rabbi Akiva says the same thing with Eishasach. If you inadvertently marry your brother's sister, because let's say they thought the brother, sorry, not your brother's sister, your brother's wife, because you thought the brother was dead, or Achos Isha, or the case of your wife's sister. The Chevundar Rabbi Akiva, Baya Get, Rabbi Akiva would say, now, we, now again, I'll, I'll point out to Rabbi by the way, over here, that Rashi says over here, he's not sure why Rabbi Akiva adds these cases. But Rabbi but watch this. According to Rabbi Akiva, in this case, let's play out this case. In this case, where Rachel is going ahead, right? Rachel went overseas. Rachel went overseas. And Halachal Amaisa, now she comes back, right? I'm sorry. She goes overseas. Ruvain gets testimony that she's dead. Ruvain marries Leah. Ruvain marries Leah. Now Rachel comes back. Rachel comes back. According to Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva holds that Ruvain is going to have to give Leah a get. Right? Why? We're not sure. But that's how he holds. So according to Rabbi Akiva, Rachel really should not be permitted to live with her husband anymore. Why? Because what's Rachel's status? Rachel is, Rachel is the sister, the sister of a man whom her husband divorced. And halacha lamaisa, again, you can't marry such a person. And since ultimately, again, Reuven has to give a get to Leah, therefore Rachel can't remain married to her husband because she is effectively the sister of the, a woman whom her husband divorced. So we have to stop over here for today. We'll pick up at Merit Hashem. I'm sorry, we have to cover a little bit more ground. Hey, so Merit Hashem, we'll, we'll catch up tomorrow. Merit Hashem, we'll continue with this case and continue the explanation of Rabbi Akiva. Shkoyach.